Welcome to the Own Your Choices, Own Your Life podcast. I am Marsha Van Weinsberg. I am a speaker, a coach, and a published author of the best-selling book, When She Stopped Asking Why. On this podcast, we will share tips, tools, and strategies used by our speakers to break through and overcome the challenges in their lives. I am on a mission to educate, empower, and inspire you to see that when you own your choices, you truly own your life. Let's dive right in. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Own Your Choices, Own Your Life. Before we jump into the podcast today, first off, I want to thank you for the messages the, that I have received from people since starting up my podcast again. Last year, I loved it. I loved the connections. I loved meeting the women that I was interviewing, women and men, and my book got in the way and everything kind of got sidetracked. So now I'm so thrilled to be back on this track again. I want to launch my five-day free group on Facebook called Stop Doing It All. So if you find yourself as the person who is forever adding a bazillion things to your to-do list. You are not making yourself a priority. You are taking on the responsibilities of everyone around you. And your self-care game has definitely fallen behind the eight ball. Then this group is for you. It's just a free group. We're doing five days. I'm jumping in with some lives, some tips, some Q&A to help you to get on track, at least on the start of a track before the Christmas holidays come. So if you are interested in diving in, please connect with me on Facebook and we can get you into that group to get started. So today we are connecting with Charlotte Bellis and she is an online business manager, which, you know, that was really the very little beginning part of our conversation. We dove right in. She had so many incredible shares about her journey and what she's done and she literally left England with a suitcase to come to Canada. And so imagine packing everything you have and just deciding going, okay, it's only whatever fits in this bag. So that journey and the journey she's been on in the last few years just really was, an, it was just a beautiful conversation. And what she's learned and the power of owning our choices and the power of surrender and how that has impacted her as a stepmom and the role of what that is like. I am a parent, I'm not a step-parent. So seeing things from a different perspective and listening to her and some of the um, challenges that she's gone through, it was a fantastic conversation. So I hope you enjoy the conversation today. If it speaks to you and you'd like to share it, that would be incredible. I appreciate your support. Enjoy the conversation and let's dive in. Welcome to another episode of Own Your Choices, Own Your Life. And today I am interviewing Charlotte Bellis. Charlotte and I connected online um, a few months ago and we definitely, I loved part of what she does and how she shares her story and how she is here to, you know what, really help women step into and light up what they're here to do. So welcome to the call today, Charlotte. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I'm ex- really excited to be here. Well, I am super, it's, it's, it, we both have very busy schedules, so it did take us some work to make it work, but it's all <laughs> good. good. It's all good. It's all good. Um, can you tell us a little bit about where you are from? 
I can, yeah. So I currently live in uh, beautiful Alberta, Canada. Um, as you can tell, though, this is not an authentic Canadian accent. No, it is not. Um, I knew that. I, <laughs> I am originally from the United Kingdom. Um, I packed my entire life into one suitcase back in 2011 uh, and uh, hopped on a plane uh, bound for, for Edmonton, Alberta. And that is where I've been ever since. And I have to say, I am pretty proud of the fact that I managed to fit my entire life um, into one suitcase, considering that my necklace collection alone at the time was probably <laughs> about 2,000 weight. So uh, some people might say that my maybe my priorities were a little bit out of whack there, but um, that's probably still one of the proudest points of my life. Okay, that is fascinating because I think of, you know, a few years ago we downsized our house and we went from like this 28 square 2800 square foot home to a 1300 square foot home and really like literally purged half of our belongings and yeah. we're at a spot where we could do it again and we haven't even added more so I don't know if stuff multiplies without me even knowing it. But we look at it and I mean it is the most freeing feeling in the world and I just that's really cool. I didn't know that from you. So you just basically packed up the basic necessities. I did, yeah. I had been um, traveling back and forth. My uh, sister moved out here with her husband uh, oh, about four years prior to me coming over, and uh, my parents had always wanted to live in Canada too, and uh, they um, came out about, I guess, uh, a, little, a little while after that, and um, I had been traveling back and forth on vacation and uh, then kind of 2010 came out and just realized that this is really where I wanted to be and uh, everything kind of just came into alignment and uh, mm -hmm. 2011 uh, everything went through and I literally just packed everything that I knew I would need. I didn't need any furniture, um, packed the necessities, I guess. Wow. And at that time I, I loved my jewelry. It made me feel good. So that was a necessity and, uh, yeah, flew on the Friday. I know, I guess, no, I finished my job on the Friday, flew on the Wednesday and started my job on the following Monday. And I have loved every single second of it since. That's amazing. That is a, that is amazing. story. I love that. And if you follow, um, um, what is it, the magic of tidying up the life changing magic of tidying up that book Maria yeah. Kondo she talks about how you make a decision you just said it how you make a decision on what you keep is if it brings you joy if it doesn't bring you joy it goes it's just it's yep. that and I love sometimes I get into oh do I not do I what if I you know the value of this do I and it's like if there's no joy there then don't keep it like don't keep it so that's that's just awesome I actually don't think that's crazy at all I think it's I mean I love it well, thank you. Yeah, I uh, got to a place now in my life where I'm like, you know, I think I think we should be keeping some stuff that brings us a little bit of joy. You know, life is too short not to uh, to really love it and to enjoy it. And um, if it brings you joy, uh, regardless of what it is, then um, that's something that I think should have a place in your life. I think I could not agree more. I could not agree more. So are you a reader? I am a reader. Uh, I have to say these days I've been pretty busy, um, but I do uh, I read a lot of, uh, well, I've just finished reading actually The Judgment Detox by uh, Gabrielle Bernstein. Yes. Uh, really, really loved that book. Um, and I'm actually just about to start um, a book by Wayne uh, Dwyer. I, li I like to listen to actually a lot of podcasts. Yes. Um, so I will usually start my day with uh, what I kind of call a little bit of brain food. So we, we have kids. And so usually I'll get up um, at the same time as, as my other half and, uh, and he'll kind of go off and get ready and get the kids ready. And I'll kind of come downstairs and, you know, and, 
do the dishwasher and all those kind of things that you know uh, need to be done at the beginning of the day and and uh, somebody has to do them so and I love to I actually love that time of day because I will generally put a podcast on and I'll listen to something just really uplifting and inspiring or something that just really feeds my soul and feeds my brain and I find it really kind of sets the tone for the day. See, isn't that, um, I just think I love that. And I, a lot of times I will have a, I have my phone with podcasts going while I'm in the shower, getting stuff. And my husband's like, really? Like, what are you doing? It's just, it's, it's, I'm choosing to start the day that way. And Absolutely. even if, especially if it's a day where I wake up with that little bit of a grump on and I think, oh, that's, it, that's even more the reason to start with something like that. Absolutely. And I think, you know, I think life is about finding what works for you. And I think sometimes we get so um, caught up on it has to look a certain way. Um, You know, I, I definitely like to keep paper versions of books. If I read a book, I like to have a paper version of it just because I'm not looking at a screen. But you know, if reading a book doesn't work for you at a specific time of the day, Mm -hmm. um, then that doesn't mean that you can't do any there's nothing you can do right it's that whole thing of you know oh you can't go to the gym for three hours well then there's no point going at all you know it's do what do what you can and if you know you have a busy life and listening to something in the car or listening to a podcast while you're getting ready mm-hmm. um, or anything really, whether it's a YouTube video or anything is how you feed your brain. Then I think do what works for you. You know, there's no, there are no rules. You make the rules. Hmm. Isn't that the truth? And we, a lot of times we forget that we make them and we can make them and we can change them. And so if they're not working for us, we don't have to do them. Like that's not absolutely right. Yeah. Round peg, yeah. square hole. We don't have to make it work. If it works for somebody else, if it doesn't work for us, then it doesn't work. Absolutely. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. And you you know what? You're in control of your life and you get to say how your life goes. Mm-hmm. Really, it's as simple as that. Well, that fact alone, I guarantee you there's a few people who went, what? It's, it's But it's true. And it I, true. Love, I love that you're saying that because that is a message that more of us need to realize is that we do have say, we do have control and we can make change. Um, yes, we can. You know, obviously, you did that. You picked up and moved, which is just amazing. I did. Yes. Yeah, I did. It's, uh, you know what? If something's not working, just tr- start over or reinvent or change direction. You know, you yeah. are never too old, young. Um, you're never too anything to actually start living a life that is meaningful to you and that you love. Um, and I really believe that. So on that, then you've obviously done that. You've done that where you've like, you've, you've done some different course correction. You've done some changes you've done, you know, to follow what lights you up. So I should have, what does light you up? What lights me up? You know, I, um, that's a really good question. Mm -hmm. I think, I think as we get older, um, and I think for both men and women, um, we are so caught up in the service of other people. You know, you have children, you have a partner, you have elderly parents, other family members, pets, you know, um, obligations, you know, you have a job. And I think sometimes we get so um, focused on the service of other people that we actually forget who we are and we forget what lights us up and I think sometimes we come to a certain place um, in our life where we really have to um, 
almost rediscover that and rediscover ourselves. Mm-hmm. And I know certainly, you know, in, in my story, um, you know, I am somebody, if I do something, I do a hundred percent, right. I give a hundred percent to it and almost become kind of hyper-focused on that to the point where, you know, I'll go, go, go. And then I'll stop and I'll look around and I'll be like, whoa, I'm kind of feeling a little burned out. And so something I've really had to learn in my life and actually, um, you know, uh, so part of my story is that I am a stepmom to three uh, beautiful girls. And part of my story is having to learn that uh, it's okay to look after myself like I look after everybody else. You know, it's okay to do something that, that makes me happy. You know, take five minutes to um, do something um, completely useless in the big picture of things you know something that doesn't actually uh, build my business or it's not making lunches or it's not doing something efficient or it's just literally some experiencing joy for the sake of experiencing joy um, and it's okay to do that because you know the one thing that I've come to realize is that um, you know it sounds cliche but a you know empty pantries don't feed anybody and you know when you give so much of yourself if you are not replenishing that there's there's nothing left to give and so what really lights me up is being inspired is you know uh, seeing other women who have um blazed the trail before me and who have had um their own success and who are rewriting um the story and you know and being inspired by that and being inspired by um the fact that the opportunities are endless you know they're at the, the world is full of infinite possibilities. You know, we live, and I, you know, I say this to people all the time, literally anything can happen. You know, we live in a limitless universe where literally every day anything and everything can happen. And so you never, you never know what's ahead. And that's what really lights me up. And just being inspired by uh, those who have gone before me and seeing what lay ahead. I know we have a, a mutual friend, Marlo Ellis, and yes. one of the things love I absolutely Marlo. love love about her story is, you know, I look at her and I think she so inspires me. You know, here's a woman who a woman who is, you know, I think she's just turned or she's just about to turn fifty. And I think, mm-hmm. yes, yes, this inspires me because, you know, we as particularly as women, you know, you get to there's a certain narrative that you grow up with and it's you have to have accomplished everything by a certain age. <laughs> and once you get past that age, it's kind of like the window of opportunity is closed. And I love the fact that, you know, Marlo is has has reinvented herself over and over again and she is embracing a new reality and you know I said to my my uh, my daughter a few months ago I said you know the best 20 the next 25 years of my life are going to be the best 25 years yet mm-hmm. you know the best is still to come and that's what lights me up is uh, being excited for the future and being open to the endless opportunities that are in front of me on a daily basis Oh, that is beautiful. That is absolutely beautiful. Now you, can I ask you, have you always had that outlook on life or did you learn to grow and have that outlook? Like, is that something you developed or is that something you've always been like that? That's a great question. Um, I think as a teenager, I think as a child and a teenager, I had more of the outlook on life. Mm-hmm. I think as I got older, um, you know, and life started to kind of, um, I guess scuff away some of that sheen you know I became somebody that was more of a glass half 
empty. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I do like to, I am somebody that, you know, typically I like to be in control of my surroundings, you know, and I like to be able to control all the variables because that gives me a sense of security. And this is actually something that I've really, really had to work on. And, you know, and I'll be honest and say, um, I don't always get it right. <laughs> and uh, sometimes, you know, my, uh, my husband has to remind me of that. Um, but I really try to uh, keep an open mind. And something I've had to really, really learn to do is to um, surrender and to feel safe in the surrender. And I think sometimes, you know, as, as, as humans, we want to control all the variables. We want to control everything because, you know, when we control, feel in control, we feel secure. But there's also security in the surrender too. And it's knowing that there is a safety net there, that um, you, 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 you can't, there is no pit so bottomless that you can't make a, you, you can't climb out of. You know, there is no, um, there's no end result that you can't recover from, you know, um, except for death. I mean, death is pretty final, but you know, there is always, um, there's always, there's always, as long as there is breath in your body and as long as there is a future ahead of you, there Hmm. are always opportunities and open doors and the potential, um, for you to co-create a life that you love. And so, um, no, I haven't always had that outlook. That is something I've had to learn. Um, but I find that when you embrace that, mm-hmm. um, you actually allow yourself to be open to those opportunities. It's when you control that actually doors close. Because when you're open, you're suddenly much more aware of what's around you and what's coming to you. You can identify things and celebrate things as they come to you. Um, then when you are so laser focused on it has to look a certain way. Okay. That, I mean, there's so many nuggets in there and I love that you've addressed that and said that because I think that a, we get wrapped up in things looking a certain way and being a certain way. And Mm -hmm. that's where we think we have control, which we actually don't. And we, we never did. And so we're so caught up in the, you know, as, as I hear you and correct me if I'm wrong, a person who did like order and control and having that, but that's not the same person who surrenders, right? Like you, those are right. two polar opposite um, experiences. And I can relate, I understand as a, as a parent, I mean, I had to learn the, the whole lesson of surrender and it's just not my journey to fight or control or, or micromanage because I wasn't anyways. And, um, but it, I had to learn how to let go of the control piece in order to surrender. And that's, right. you know, life kind of forced me to do that. But, um, and I mean, I don't, I, one of the best lessons I've ever learned, it took me forever to learn it, but it was the most valuable lesson I think I've ever learned is surrender. And Absolutely. yeah. So did you find like that through just life in general that you got to a point where it's like, okay, the control is not serving me. And I maybe I'm not as, as straightforward as that saying that I have to learn how to yeah. surrender. How did you get to that space of learning to surrender? Um, honestly, a lot of blood, sweat and tears, honestly, a lot of tears, you know, um, you know, as I mentioned, um, I'm a stepmom to three beautiful girls and I can honestly say, um, they're the best thing that's ever happened to me. Mm. Um, I, you know, being a step parent is, um, it's not easy. And anybody who is a step parent will tell you, um, that it's not easy. And 
you know, um, when you look at some of the, a lot of the studies out there, typically the, the dynamic uh, with a stepmom, stepchild relationship is very different than a stepdad, stepchild relationship. Okay. And that's not, that's not to take away from, um, you know, a, a stepfather's role. Um, it's just a different dynamic. And, you know, and something, you know, particularly for me, I'm, I didn't have children uh, prior to coming into my relationship. And so these are the uh, the only children I will ever have, they are my, ch- they are my children. Um, right. and you know, and I share these children with somebody else, um, who has a very strong biological bond with them. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it is, um, probably the hardest, hardest role I've ever taken on. Um, it's probably the most difficult and most challenging thing I've, I've done in my life to date. Um, you know, that far surpasses anything else. And, I think why I think the reason it's so difficult for so many people is because when you come into a a blended family situation, you know there are already very clearly defined roles within that blended family. And in my case, um, two of my stepchildren were actually um, quite a bit older when I came into their life. And so there's a very clearly defined roles. You know, it's like going into a, it's like going to a company, right? And, you know, you already have two CEOs, okay? And mm-hmm. nobody's thought about your job description because let's face it, when the company was founded, they weren't planning to, um, you know, they weren't planning to, to liquidate or, CEO. They didn't need or whatever. Yeah. Exactly. So you come into the role uh, and you know the the employees are kind of looking at you like who are you and why are you here you know and so you come into this um you come into this role um, or another example I kind of give another analogy is like going to a different country where you have to learn to speak the language that's completely different customs and culture to what you're you're used to and you you have to assimilate and blend into that and um, you know, learning how to, you know, find your footing can be incredibly difficult. And in, in addition to that, there's psychology um, that is, you know, all the psychology at play between, you know, the child and their biological parent, like maybe your biological coat, your counterpart, um, you know, usually, you know, blended families are founded at the, um, the end of something, right? So it's actually founded at the end mm. and the dissolution of something. So it's actually founded in a way on heartbreak on, in, on some, you know, in some instances, especially with the child there. And so you're kind of coming in and you're trying to do the best that you can. Um, and in my case, I grew up, my parents to this day are still happily married. Um, and so a biological family was the only context I actually had for a family. Okay. And very, very loving mother. And that was the only role model I had as a mother. And so I did the only thing I, I knew to do, which was to try and behave in the way that um, I had seen my parents behave in a biological um family setting and how my mother behaved and as I quickly learned uh, the difference between biological families and blended families are are quite different there's a lot of similarities but there are a lot of uh, differences and a lot of dynamics that you just don't get in a biological family and plus when I learned about the um, the psychological um, uh, impact of divorce upon children and what is known as uh, loyalty ties or soul ties you know, between the parent and the child um, and how the harder that I loved them, the more that they would push me away because mm. it's, they're very much conflicted, you know, and if the the biological parent doesn't actually expressly or even indirectly give the child um, 
permission to love you and to have a relationship with you, it can be a very, very difficult, difficult dynamic for the, uh, for the child to navigate. And so coming into this kind of pressure cooker where you're trying to find your footing, they're trying to find their footing, your partner's trying to keep the peace, you know, you're trying to, um, you know, set up your, you know, set boundaries and a subculture for your home that sometimes you feel like you're operating, you know, within the capacity of a different subculture that you might not agree with with, you know, and there's all these different relationship dynamics, it can be very, very difficult and quite traumatic, actually, for a lot of uh, women I have found, I I can't speak for the experience of men, but um, very traumatic, actually, for a lot of women. And I think, you know, when I first labeled that, when I first labeled it as trauma, um, you know, I kind of felt weird to say that, but really trauma can be anything that you don't have the skills to cope with or manage. And, you know, here I was doing everything I knew how to do, you know, I'd uh, um, always been a kind of high flyer. And so I was kind of trying to apply those same principles to a you know family dynamic. And I just was failing, you know, and it just really wasn't going how I wanted it to go. And so I really, um, you know, I guess to come back and full circle and answer your question, I really learned the hard way. And mm-hmm. that is not to say that as a, as a negative, because no. I don't think, um, you know, kind of, it takes about three to seven years for a blended family to really fully solidify and assimilate and to feel like a tight family unit. And I can say, you know, today that I do have um, a great relationship with all three of my daughters. Um, and I love them. I would do anything mm-hmm. for them. I would, you know, I would, I'd run in front of a moving train for them. And uh, we do tell each other that we love each other. And um, that doesn't mean that it's every day is a breeze, you know, just no. like being no. a biological parent, exactly. every day is a breeze. Um, but I've really had to learn the hard way. And it's required me to um, dig deep. It's really required me to dig deep and to really get to know myself mm-hmm. and to do a lot of introspective work. And, I came to a point of realizing that, you know, I was trying to control everything around me and I was trying to control my environment and I was making myself miserable and everybody and it else. wasn't working, right? Like you know, it, it wasn't working and I was no. making everybody else miserable too. No. And so I, you know, came to a place where I'm like, you know, the only thing I can control is myself. Mm-hmm. That's the only thing a hundred percent that I can control is myself. And so I have to um, accept what I can't control and let that go and release it. And I have to focus on what I can control and that's myself. But I also have to make sure that there is balance in my life. Um, And this is what I was talking about when I said, you know, sometimes we get so caught up in the service of other people. I have to start to focus on things that make me happy because when I find my um, sole purpose for being and my sole um, outlet for contentment and joy in other human beings, um, that's when sometimes we find that we don't, we don't necessarily always hit the mark. That's not, a, that's right. not a, a criticism of anybody. That's just to say, when you rely solely on someone else to give you, to be your source of joy, you know, people are human. People, um, are going to, um, you know, live out their humanity, right? But when you actually have your source of contentment and joy, um, you, and you realize you are responsible for that. And you can create a narrative and you can create an experience Mm -hmm. that is meaningful to you and that you enjoy, then life actually starts to take on a completely different meaning. Oh, see that, like, that's a, that's such a beautiful 
um, message there. And I think that that's like, that's the thing is that I always say self-fulfillment is like our first boundary. Like it's our first thing that we Absolutely. do is self-fulfillment. And if we, if we subconsciously or consciously, whatever, make our kids be our, like, whether we are feeling fulfilled or not, then what happens is, is that we subconsciously tell them that their self-fulfillment comes from someone else too. And they actually go looking for people to help them to feel better, to do whatever Absolutely. that is. It's, it, it comes from us first and we have to lead that in order for them to know that they have to, they have to be fulfilled from themselves first. It's, it doesn't come from anyone else. It never does. Absolutely. And that is you know, not we, the message I want to send. Everyone. Send. Absolutely. We, we laughed, we joked last night here. I, um, you know, I said to, to, to my other half, I'm like, I'm going to go and soak in the tub. And I was joking with the girls. I'm like, I'm going to go have a date with myself. And they're like laughing because they're thinking this is crazy. But I'm like, no, I'm going to go have a date with myself. And I've got candles mm -hmm. and I have a glass of my favorite drink and I'm going to watch a movie in the bathtub. Nice. You know, and, you know, and I think that's okay. You know, I of think course it is particularly as a mother, you know, whether you are a biological mother or not. And, and I want to, and on that point, I just want to um, kind of say, you know, to anybody that might be listening who maybe is not a biological mother, maybe they are a mother, but that child is not biologically their mother. You know, motherhood is not dictated by whether or not you carry them in, in, in your body, you know, yeah. it's what you do with them after they're born, you know, and hmm. if you are, if you care for that child and you advocate for that child and you are, you know, um, you're on that child's team, then you are a mother, you are a parent. And so I think, you know, sometimes as a, as a mother, you know, it's like we have to be on the go and doing something all the time, but actually it's okay to show your child, Hey, I'm going to take care of myself now. Mm -hmm. Something for me. I'm gonna enjoy myself, um, and because that again, you're modeling for them um, oh. what that is supposed to look like. One thousand percent. You're you're giving them permission to listen to what it is that they need, and I mean, Absolutely. that's and and you know, it. I guess this really can open up a can of worms. Is that a lot of women? I'm gonna generalize for a second. A lot of women struggle with this. Um, and not allowing themselves or giving themselves permission to do what they need first. Absolutely. And so in doing so subconsciously, we, we're not setting any of those examples for kids. So, I mean, kids are not picking up on that message because most moms aren't living it. Like they're not living it. They're, I, have a, I work with a lot of different women and sometimes they're quite resentful or angry that like no one is coming to help them fill their cup. And I'm like, but it's your cup. Like you, it's, and Absolutely. you have to take ownership of that. So we can't teach our kids something that we are not learning, living, experiencing, doing. We just can't, or else it's just empty words. It doesn't mean anything. And yes. so I, I could not agree more with what you're saying. And I, I mean, creating a scenario where we are allowing women to have more permission for themselves to do those things. Honestly, absolutely. Cool. Absolutely. Is, absolutely gold. And you know, the thing that you have to ask yourself is, you know, what, Everything, you know, and, and again, you know, I've, I've learned this, you know, I can't control, you know, what happened in my children's lives prior to the point that I met yeah. them, but I can control, you know, what they learned from me since they've met me. And, yes. and, you know, I, I don't get it right all the time. I am a human being and I, I'm, I get it wrong a lot. And again, it's okay to, it's okay to acknowledge that it's okay to say I messed up. Mm -hmm. It's okay to say I'm a human being. It's mm -hmm. about being authentic. 
Yes. And, you know, I will, if I know I've messed up, I will always go back to them and I will say, I am sorry, I messed yeah. up. It's okay yeah. for you to be angry at me. I want you to know I love you. And when you're ready to talk to me, I'm here. Mm. But it's okay, you know, to actually spend time on yourself because what is, what do you want them to learn from, from you being happy and fulfilled and loving life or you being, uh, being cheesed off and frustrated and resentful and angry because you're, well, don't they see everything I'm doing for them? And, and, you know, I was, I was thinking about this the other day and I was thinking about how, you know, sometimes it's hard, you know, being a stepmom when, you know, you don't have that biological bond with your child because, you know, somebody else will always be their number one, if you like. It doesn't mean that they don't love you, but someone else will always be their number one, right? Mm. And, you know... Um, uh, they will be, you know, like I said, they'll be the only children that I will ever have, but I will not be the only mom that they'll ever have, if you like. And right. I thought, you know what? And I thought to myself, you know what? They don't look at children as what I do for them. They look at how I love them. Mm-hmm. You know, they don't look and they say, well, Charlotte does this for me and she does that for me. They look at how I love them. And so if I'm getting resentful mm-hmm. and bitter and angry in myself at the fact of, well, I do all of this for everybody and they're so ungrateful and they're so this and they're so that, um, what does that teach them? That's not love. It certainly doesn't love. It speak love to them. No. Um, but if I, you know, allow myself to create experiences that I want and set boundaries um, and to um, actually enjoy my life, out of out of that flows love, and that is actually what speaks to them, and that is what they gravitate towards, and actually how they measure you, if you like, um, mm-hmm. as as a parent. Wow. Wow. That is such a, I, there's, there's, there's no, I mean, everyone can relate to that sentence and that, um, concept in itself. And I think, I think sometimes that we run into, I I just actually just had this conversation the other day with a client who was, you know, saying, I did this for them. I did this for them. I did this for them. And they're not grateful. And I'm like, so you did it all with the expectation that you wanted something in return. No, I have no expectations. I'm like, no, you actually have a ton of expectations. (laughs) You have a ton of expectations and what's it going to take for them to meet that? And yes. all of a sudden it was a case of, I'm not doing that. I'm like, you 100% are like, you have an expectation and you, I mean, I think that we should all give and be more kind and all of those things, be more compassionate with other people, but can we just not do it with an expectation of something in return? Because Absolutely. that means we like, that means it's not actually authentic. We're not actually giving or, 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 living in authentic space. We're doing it, expecting something in return. And that's just not, Absolutely. That's not how life works. So it's not. no managing expectations, I say is a, a top, top thing that we all need to do because I think then that just allows them the space and you're, it's, it's, it's so right. It's, if you are expecting something in return because of like the list of A to Z of the things that you have done for them, then it's just the action that you're looking for some kind of reinforcement on. And there's just no, there's no meaning or emotion in that. I don't know what you'd expect to get back in return, but you know what? I know, I do know I've, I've caught myself in that many times when they were younger that like, I've done this and I've done this and I've done this and I can't like, they're not giving anything back in return. But I mean, I, that, that's on me because I chose to do all those things. That's not, that's not on them. So managing those expectations is one of the first ways I find of controlling your own emotions or handling your own emotions as best as you can. 
Absolutely. And, you know, the one thing I would actually just say in response to that, too, is that um, if you are getting frustrated because, um, or if, you know, if you find yourself getting frustrated because people are not recognizing yeah. what you're doing for them, then that tells me that you're seeking your validation and affirmation yes. as a human being in the wrong place. 100%. Because what you're doing is you're looking for that other person to validate you as a human when actually you're validated enough mm-hmm. already. And, you know, something, uh, you know, I mentioned earlier that I had read The Judgment Detox by Gabriel Bernstein. And one of the things that she talks about is um, when you're looking at your judgment and why you're judging people, what is the source of your judgment? And, and I actually did this with a few of, a few of my own and I, you know, and she encourages you to write them down. And I looked mm-hmm. at, you know, why am I judging this person for this? Well, because it comes back to, you know, this feels unfair. Well, why does that feel unfair? Well, because it feels, I'm not, it feels like I'm not good enough or I'll always be right. you know, and, and I had to really stop and say, well, hang on a minute. I am affirmed as a human being. And, Mm -hmm. you know, the one thing I, again, I I say to parents and say, you know, and this applies to whether you're a step parent or a biological parent is that when children get older, um, you know, if you are waiting, if you're waiting for a thank you, you might be waiting for a long time. So don't wait for a thank you. I think as we become adults, we actually look back and I certainly, I found this, you know, with the hindsight of now having children, I look back and I think, wow, I actually realized just how much my parents did do for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is that, and, and gratitude comes from that, but you know, you will see, um, the fruit of your labor as you get older, because they may never come back and say thank you to you, but you will be able to see in their behavior and who they are as a person, how they and what they do, your hallmark all over them. You know, you mm. will be able to see the fruit of your labor and the work that you've done all over them. But if you are looking for um, affirmation and validation from them, if you're looking for a thank you or you're looking for gratitude from them, um, you're looking in the wrong place. Mm-hmm. Um, and your validation and your affirmation as a person should come within because you are good enough and you've always been good enough. And another human being does not validate that. That needs no validation. No, it actually does it. You're excited. It means, it means zero validation. It means nothing. And it's never going to be enough because you're still looking externally for more and more and more, right? Absolutely. It's got to come from us. So, I mean, I think that's a valuable, valuable lesson that women, um, I'm going to say women for a second, like really do struggle with because we take yes. care, micromanage and, um, we, you know, we take on all of this stuff that half the time it's not even, um, I don't know. It's not like it's like, <laughs> I say something and, and my husband will say, he says, but like you did that, you've created that scenario. And I'm like, oh, I did too. Like I did that to myself. And so, I mean, I think we have to take ownership of that and say, that's, you know, that it is unrealistic, have a little bit of sense of humor and go, yeah, that's not how, um, that is not how we should live because we're never going to measure up to it. And Absolutely. that's how we should be um, encouraging mm-hmm. kids to live as well. So, oh, I Absolutely. love that. There's some great, I mean, I can't, sound like an incredible role model for your step girls, honestly. Like I love- Well, I, tr- I try to, mm-hmm. I try to. Mm-hmm. But, but you're doing it by living your best life. Like you are, it's, I love it because you are being you authentically and that is what you're allowing and giving them permission to do at the same time. So it's not by you just um, pushing yourself and who you expect them to be. It's you allowing yourself to be you. 
Absolutely, absolutely. And, you know, there's, re- you know, there's, there's so much beauty in being authentic, you know, oh. and I look back, um, you know, at my life, and I spent so many years, um, just um, really um, under the shadow or under the cloud of really poor self image. And, you know, I look back, and I look at where this came from and I can't really remember a time um, that this started but really the source of it came from um, you know the media and what the media told us uh, that you have to you have to look and how you have to be as a human and I think that men and women both have this but they have it in a different way and I think it's based on um, it's I think it's based at its core on um, stereotypical gender roles you know like for you know like you were talking there about how some women struggle with the whole idea of looking after their family and caring for their family I think sometimes men can struggle with the idea of you know being the breadwinner and earning a certain amount of you know provider and earning a certain amount of money but for me you know I certainly from a teenager and this kind of continued on into my 20s and even into my early 30s you know this whole um I was constantly striving you know to reach this benchmark that was created by the media that was perpetuated by certain industries like the beauty industry and the cosmetic industry, et cetera, of, you know, you have to have a certain outward appearance, you know, you have to do a certain job, you have to live a certain life. And I had such poor self-image as a result of that because I, I spent years believing I was never good enough. And I was an achiever. You know, I was somebody who would, you know, always go for the top grades and, you know, always go for the achievements. But inwardly, I just felt awful because I felt like I was never good enough. And I came to a place of realization where I realized you're never supposed to reach that benchmark. That benchmark that those industries perpetuate, they perpetuate because they want you to buy their products. So they rely on you relying on that benchmark being the standard. And yes. therefore, that means that you're going to buy their product. But I realized you're never supposed to meet the benchmark because the day that you meet the benchmark is the day that you no longer rely on those industries. You've mm-hmm. made it, if you like. You are... Yes. 100% complete. And so while, you know, it's great if you want to look a certain way and, and you, it's great if you want to have a certain bank balance and live in a certain place, those things are great, but they do not equal wholeness and they do not, um, they are not what makes up your wholeness. You are whole without all of those things. And so, you know, something, uh, you know, it's funny, like, and I said this to somebody a few months ago, I said, I feel like I spent like maybe the first 20 years of my life or adult life, or I should say really the last 20 years or so, you know, from my mid-teens onwards, like basically trying to fulfill or meet this benchmark. And now I'm like going into this next phase of my life where I'm actually now finally embracing my authentic self and realizing that, you know, that was all a lie to begin with you know, and actually where the beauty is, is really embracing who I am and Mm -hmm. embracing my authenticity and allowing the people that vibrate with that and allowing the people that resonate with that, Mm -hmm. um, to come into my life, to be a magnet for those people that are supposed to be in my life, whether that is clients or friendships or any kind of relationship, because ultimately that's actually what you want. You want people that resume, resonate with you as an individual, um, and not who you think you need to, who you think you need to attract into your life, you know? And so I just encourage people to just 
live in their authenticity, be their authentic selves and, you know, allow people to take you as they find you. And if that doesn't resonate with some people, that's okay, but it will resonate with a whole lot of people too. Oh, it's just, I actually just said that to somebody today that I say, if that doesn't, um, if that, if they don't, um, appreciate that or understand that, or they take it personally or they like, they're just not your people. It's okay. Like it's, there's yeah. more people there's, you don't need to, um, you don't, you don't need to be that person for everyone and everyone is not your person. Like it's vice versa. So Absolutely. no, you vibrate at that level and the right people will show up. Like they just absolutely show up. Wow. So you, I mean, this is, it's really neat how you, you take those lessons that you've learned just from what you would consider, you know, everyday things. Like it's really from like blending a family and learning what you've done and changing how you think and, and moving that needle forward. So moving forward then where, where do you see yourself in the next like year or two doing as far as, cause I know right now you're a little bit more as a virtual, um, you create a business, you can describe where you are right now and where you want to take it and what you want to do. Yeah, so I um, I'm an online business manager, so I work with uh, female entrepreneurs, um, and I really help them to kind of carve out um, their niche, if you like. So uh, usually the individuals I work with, they kind of have an idea of what they're doing, and so I help them really to kind of create and curate the kind of life and the business that they love. And so I work with them to kind of look. Okay, so what is your um, what what is your product like? What is your messaging like? who does that resonate with? Who do you want to work with? Mm -hmm. And how can you kind of put that together into something that, you know, is uh, something that, that your audience would want um, and really how to get that out there into the marketplace. Um, and, you know, I kind of, I guess when I, when I started out in business, I really kind of start out um, doing a lot of the kind of the, the admin work, but actually over time, I have a, I have quite a big, uh, a varied background in operations and management. Mm -hmm. um, and so kind of bringing with me 15 years into this, in, into when I, you know, started in business myself. And um, I am someone who is a fixer, you know, like I, um, you know, whether you want to. No, it's, I yeah. actually called that myself. I mean, I was, my biggest problem was that I was a fixer. That was my, yeah. Big, yeah. My and, and, and it's, time. It's like, I, you know what, you tell me what is going on in your life and I'll tell you what you need to do to fix it. And sometimes it's hard because I have to learn when to shut that off because not everybody wants a solution. Some people just want to talk no, and no. not everybody wants to hear your opinion, you know? And so um, I uh, work with my clients to look at, okay, so where are you now and where do you want to be and what processes do you need to put in place to get there? And, you know, that has, nat has naturally evolved over, over time into uh, a, a lot of um, administrative help but actually a lot of coaching too and my passion is helping women to live the life that they were always created to live and that is as their authentic selves nice. owning their story and actually creating and curating a life that they absolutely love because honestly life is is, is too short you know I, I talk, we, we were talking earlier um, before we came on air and you know I said to you like when you go into the faith community for example there's a lot of emphasis on what happens after death but actually there's like 
60, 70, 80, 100 years prior to that of you being on this earth. And I believe that you're supposed to enjoy your time here. Let's you know, so, and right? Exactly. Exactly. Otherwise, you know, wow, Why? you may, like, beam me up right now. You know, if, this is, <laughs> if that's really all there is, like, beam me up now, Scotty, because I'm, I'm, I'm ready to go, right? You oh, know, I love that. To, you're supposed to enjoy the journey. And, you know, I see so many people who are just, so marred and just so um, bogged down by, um, you know, generational lies and chains and narratives that they've told themselves. And I just think, no, that's not how it's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. You know, you are a co-creator in your life. You get to create experiences that you like. You get to set the rules. You get to say how your life is going to go. And that doesn't mean that you you don't work with other people, you know, unless you live on an island, you know, that everybody has to work with somebody. You know, you have there's other people in in that picture too but ultimately you get to create the experiences that are meaningful to you and if something's not working you can start over you can try something different mm-hmm. you know and and uh, you know and, and and again you know I say to say to my clients who um, you know and they're all entrepreneurs usually that I work with is that entrepreneurship should work for you if it's not working for you then you're doing something wrong you need to do something different because it should work for you because you know you could go and do a job clock in and clock out and walk away and not think about it at the end of the day you know right. so if you if you're gonna work in uh, as an entrepreneur it needs to work for you and sometimes you know um, I, you know, what I do with my clients is I look at, okay, so how can you make this work for you? Sometimes it is creating stuff for them, creating content for them, but sometimes it's looking at how can we make this work for you? And ultimately, I think that is going to, the the coaching element of that will increase, um, you know, over, um, you know, the next few years um, to to where that's ultimately what I'm doing. But, you know, for me, you know, and you were saying earlier about, you know, just sharing life experiences and, and how really a lot of what I've learned has come from that. For me, that's what I love doing. I love sharing life experiences and life lessons and things that I've learned and my truths in the hope that that will help other people. Because when you take something that was the source of so much pain, Mm-hmm. and you use it and you take something and you learn from that and you use it for someone else's purpose and someone else's benefit so that there becomes some meaning to it. Mm-hmm. That is so beautiful. Oh. You know, something that was a source of so much pain that now actually becomes uh, this, uh, the, the source of so much purpose and so much meaning, mm-hmm. you know, that is, there is something that has such beauty with that. And, you know, you have to believe long before you ever see it, that there is a light coming at the end of the tunnel. You have to believe that. And you have to believe that there is good things in store for you. And you have to believe that you can have a life that you love. You're not just here to go from A to B and just hope that it works out okay. That you can enjoy the journey and that you can actually create a journey that you like you have some you know you're not just sat on the train you're the train driver (laughs) you know you can actually navigate this journey and so you know my passion is really just to help um help others to see that and to use the benefit of my experiences and my life um to, to help others because if i can do that then some of those some of that suffering or some of those negative experiences or those dark moments weren't for nothing there was a purpose and a meaning that came out of all of that i i 
I mean, 1000% agree with everything you said there. And that was the, probably one of the shifting points in my life was when I could use my story and my lessons. And I mean, the pain and the emotions, because that's what connects all of us. Like we all experience those things. Even if our stories are different, we all experience pain on one level or another. And when you can make that journey about somebody else or share those lessons or light the way for someone else, I mean, A, you actually do help your own healing. And yes. when you make it about someone else, I mean, the, the best way I say to shift your thinking is to like go pay forward to somebody else. Like just do something, just, it will shift everything because no yes. matter how dark it is sometimes, there are still people who have it worse. There are still things that are going on that are bigger and it's not the end of the world. And it's, you know, it's just, it, it, it makes, it makes such a massive difference. So um, I love that you've said that I wholeheartedly believe it and live it. And I think that we can all make a huge difference in the lives of others. If we reach forward and step into those gifts and Absolutely. Most of that wrapped around our pain and our stories. That's where it comes Absolutely. From. I, there was a, a great, um, quote I heard from, um, Abraham, um, by Abraham Hicks. And it was, everything really is okay. And, you know, so many times I have sat, stood there, I've stood in the kitchen, I've got out of bed in the morning or whatever it is. And I'm like, everything really is okay. okay. Yeah. Really is okay. You know, Mm -hmm. everything is going to work out. Mm -hmm. I have come this far and you know what? I'm going to continue to go further. Everything really is okay. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. That's awesome. I love that. Thank you so much for sharing that perspective and the direction where you're going and what you're looking to do more of. How do people connect and find you? Yeah. So um, you can go to my website, uh, Mm -hmm. www.myofficerescue.com. I am also on Facebook, Charlotte Bellis, Y-E-G. And or you can also find me on Instagram, uh, Live Unleashed. Live Unleashed. That's what I thought. I thought you were Live Unleashed. I love it. Um, two quick questions for you that I like to wrap up with. If you could go back and give a message to your younger self at any point in your journey, what would that be? What would that message be? Two messages. The first thing is that just be your authentic self Mm -hmm. because, um, it is beautiful. You Mm -hmm. actually three things. Number two, Mm -hmm. you are enough. In fact, Mm -hmm. you are more than enough and your affirmation comes from the fact that you are an amazing human being the fact that we you know the human body is so phenomenal the fact that we are here is actually like that should be affirmation enough in itself mm-hmm. and number three um everything really is okay everything mm-hmm. really is going to be okay and is going to work out and you can be safe to surrender and safe in the celebration and joy of the moment knowing that everything is going to be okay that is beautiful. That's beautiful. Um, last question. Sure. What, what lesson in life are you the most grateful for? Wow. You know, I, um, you know, it's funny. I was thinking about this this morning and, uh, I was, you know, something I've uh, kind of talked to a few people about in the past, you know, I don't believe that life um, is a test, you know, like you often hear life is a test. Life is not a test. Life is um, a lesson. Mm -hmm. And, you know, people are not sent to you as tests. They are sent to you as teachers. Mm -hmm. And whatever you are going through or whatever you have been through um, can only help make you the best version of yourself possible. And, 
that is something that we should all strive to be as the best possible version of ourselves because when we are operating our at, at our highest self we're operating our, at our highest potential that means that we can do the most be the most have the most make the most difference and so i think um the the lesson i'm really uh, thankful for is um that I wouldn't go back and necessarily go through anything that I've been through. I wouldn't go back and do the difficult times again. Oh God, but no. you know what? The difficult times have shaped me and I'm yeah. thankful for what I've learned about myself and how that has shaped and molded me to be the person I am and to continue being the person that I want to become because life is not about arriving, but it's about becoming. Oh, okay. That is just a gold nugget there. <laughs> it's just, we, because we get very destination focused like we do, we, we, I mean, goal focused, destination focused that we don't think of now. And Absolutely. I love that you said that, that it's more about becoming as opposed to where we're going. Absolutely. I love that. It's permission to give yourself the, uh, give yourself permission to be you and to let your light, your light shine in the world because it, it will light up for the people that you're meant to cross paths with. It will, it will, you know, mm. and just, just go out and do your dance in the world mm. and let the people that are supposed to dance with you naturally gravitate towards awesome. you. That's awesome. I love that. Thank you so much for sharing. What a great thank message you. to end on. Thank you. Yeah, I just want to say I want to thank you so much for being here today, Charlotte, and for thank you for having me. Way. Oh, my pleasure, my absolute pleasure. I mean, it was a great conversation, and you shared a number of nuggets that I know will hit home for so many women. So thank you so much. You are welcome. Thank you very much. Awesome. Thank you so much, everyone, for joining. And if this speaks to you, please feel free to share it. Um, and we will just join you on another episode of Own Your Choices, Own Your Life. Thank you. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us today. Until next time, remember, when you own your choices, you truly own your life.